Praise the Lord, saints. Are we on? Okay, good. Praise the Lord. Um, would you pray with me right now? Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Lord, every day is special with you, and none to me more special than when we gather together as your bride. I pray, Father, that you would bring us into that holy place where you dwell, and that, that place that heals, heals all wounds and that causes our heart to rejoice because you are near. Thank you, Father, for being our creator, our designer, our healer, and our lover, the lover of our souls, the lover of our purpose and desiring to change us into your son. Thank you, Father, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I feel like I'm getting a little bit of an echo, but that's okay. I'll, yeah. I'll get there. I wanted to ask you a question before we get started. I, I think I know what, what, how you're going to answer, but maybe you'll surprise me, and that's great too, amen? And uh, I, it's not going to change what, I don't believe it's going to change what, uh, what I'm going to focus on today, but I did want to know because I think it's important. If I were to, we're going to look at joy today, and joy is like huge, it's huge in the scripture, over 400 times. Wow. Joy or rejoicing, which is the act of, of having joy, is mentioned in scripture, and that tells me it's big with God. Can you say amen? amen. Come on. Amen. amen. Now, we have commands to rejoice, okay? <laughs> uh, two of the ones I'm going to just hit real quick are, uh, and these are, of course, there's many in the Old Testament, but let's just look at the two that, that I want to focus on or that I want to remind you of this morning. The one we... First Thessalonians, uh, let's go to Philippians 4.4 4 first. That's the more common one that people usually remember. And there's a reason why I want to start with this before I get into my question for you. Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always or always, okay? Rejoice in the Lord always, okay? And again, I say, in case you forgot already, okay? <laughs> Rejoice. Yes. You know, I think we do. We forget to rejoice. Yes. Now, one of the things that, that, that I have to be honest with you about, I'm the least likely person to be talking about joy with you today. Okay? I'm just telling you, you don't know my background, but, but I came, I, when I got born again, I didn't even know how to smile. Friends. Thank God. God healed me. And he, but but for, for me, I, I wanted to tell you how excited I am to talk about joy because for me, joy has been a pursuit of my life. It, I, I pursue joy because I feel like it's super important and so easy to lose. Okay? That's true. And we're going to be looking today, hopefully, uh, that I, I uh, my wife's at home uh, with my, uh, with her mother, uh, and she's praying for me that I don't get off on rabbit trails because there's just too many things I could talk to you about today, and I don't want to dilute the importance of the fact that when Jesus came, we think too often during this time of year, people think of the babe. Jesus didn't come to be a babe in your arms that you carry around and that you tell him what you're going to do in your life. <laughs> no. He came to be Lord. Can you say amen? And I'm thankful for that. You know, I, I think some of the songs that, that are sung at this time of year hit, the, hit, hit it on the nail. And I, I wrote one of them down this morning. And, and the one I picked 
You want to, I didn't, I didn't talk with Chad. I didn't talk with the worship team. You, you want to guess which one that I wrote down out of all the songs I could have picked? The one we sang today, okay? We sang just a little part of it, Joy to the World. Let me read it to you. Joy to the World. Why? Not, not the baby is born. Yes, he had to be born. But, but friends, the Lord has come. That was one thing that God was reminding me of this week while we were gathering in prayer. And, and I got to put in a little plug for prayer. It's been, it's been astounding, friends. I've been, in a good way, weeping, and God's been touching my heart. And friends, that's what transforms prayer into a, a work and a labor, into the presence of God. God has been with us in a special way, and I want to encourage all of you who can come to make it, because it has been. God's been with us in a way that, that he's softening our heart, friends. You know, that's the problem with the world today, is a hard heart. And we all started there. And, and, you know, some of us are, God still has a long way to go, okay? Um, but the, the breaking or the softening of the heart is a precious work that God does. Okay, I, I know. I got off this. I got off again, see? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare her room. That's the part we were, were singing. And saints and angels sing, and saints and angels sing, and saints and saints and angels sing. And, and that shows you that, that part of the joy should, is often produces singing, okay? And that's uh, one, one of the beautiful benefits of joy. Joy, and, and the second stanza, joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Okay? These are not talking about the babe, Jesus. These are talking about the man, Christ Jesus, who came to bring us back to the Lord and to be our Lord and our master, amen? And I love him, and I hope you love him more and more each day. Let saints their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. We're going to come back to that. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Friends, there's a joy that God wants you to hear today, and that's what we're going to be talking about. Let me say it again. There's a joy that God wants you to hear. My purpose in coming today and talking to you is not to give you information. It's, It's so that you can taste a portion of joy. Jesus came to bring joy. And that that may sound kind of funny, like you don't believe me. But I'm telling you, when we get done with this, you're going to go, wow, Jesus did come to bring joy. And not only did he he try, he gave it to his disciples, to his followers. He said, my joy I give unto you. Okay, not exactly, but but we'll we'll get there, what he says. Okay. And it's an amazing joy, and we want to find out what, what was the joy of Jesus. That's one of the things I, I hope we get time to look at today. Because Jesus twice says in the Gospel of John, my joy. Repeat it, my joy. My Friends, that's, that means that Jesus had a joy, and that he came so that the disciples would have that joy, and that it would be fulfilled, that it would be full, he says. He said, I go to the Father so that your joy may be Full, completely over, you know, overflowing. Now I gotta be honest with you. I've been saved. I got saved in 1980, so we're going on 42 years now, almost 41 years. I'd say the one of the the characteristics that rarely marks Christians is joy. I'm sorry, but I you just don't see it as, as much as we should see it. 
especially when you consider the scripture says over and over and over again, and I kid you not, over and over again, the joy of your salvation, the joy in your salvation. God, we rejoice in, in you, our Savior. We rejoice in your salvation. It says it over and over again. And it's like, and I, most of you, I would say, well over 90%, there may be a few that, that had a different experience, but over 90% of Christians from my just interviewing, not, not you know, taking, but interviewing or talking with, they had joy when they got born again. They had a joy that they couldn't shut up, a joy that they couldn't stop talking about it. And yet somehow along the way, I don't know whether we beat it out of them in the church or whether we just weary people, right? But we're doing something wrong because the joy of the Lord should be your strength. It should be what, what picks you up and says, God, you're going to move today. God, you're going to go before me. And I'm excited in who you are and what you're going to do. I may not know what it is, but it's good that I know because God... Is good, okay? All right, I'm getting a little excited. Please bear with me if I get too excited today because you know what? I believe that your Heavenly Father is more excited about joy than I ever will be, okay? One of the things that, that, that was, um, while we were worshiping today, I just kept thinking about it, and, and it's like, I, I need to ask the three questions. Hold on. The, the question. The question I had for each of you is, if I were to talk to you about joy and let you pick, Okay? Which would you rather hear about? Would you rather hear about the sources of joy? Or would you rather hear about how we lose joy? Or would you rather hear about the joy that Jesus had? How many would, raise, uh, would want the first one? Just raise your hand. I just want to see. Yeah, how many would want to hear about the sources of joy? How, where do you get joy? How do you get it? Okay. A lot less than I thought, actually. I've got to be honest. Okay. How many would want to hear, how do you lose joy? What, 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 what are the things we do to lose the joy that God gave? One? Two? Okay. All right. How, who, who, wants to, who would want to hear about uh, the joy that Jesus had? Wow, you have totally surprised me today. You have blessed my heart. You really have. That surprised me. Because I, I would have thought, naturally, that most people would want to know the sources of joy. Hey, how do I get this thing, Right? Well, then we're on track, because that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about Jesus' joy. Now, maybe I set it up, because I, I kind of, you know. All right. And I'm probably not going to. Uh, there, there's seven uh, things that I see that Jesus rejoiced in. But I, need, I feel like I need to, to prepare the ground a little bit. Sometimes you can't just dive into something. You've got to lay a little foundation. And, and I've got to make you hungry for joy, friends. Because... God's hungry. And, and while we were worshiping, one of the things that, I, that God put in my heart and reminded me is, is in heaven right now, in heaven, the angels are rejoicing and rejoicing and rejoicing because I believe there's somebody getting saved. By, Jesus said, whenever one sinner repents, oh, every angel of heaven, not the angels of, uh, you know, that belong to Satan, but every angel of heaven Rejoices! Woo! God did it again! He's got another one! We got a new member of the family! Hallelujah! Okay? And I don't think that just refers to, to people getting saved for the first time. I think that even applies to when one saint has been wandering in their life and wondering if they can keep going on with God or, or, and wondering if they should go away or, or if they're loving their sin and, and they've not been listening to the Lord and all of a sudden they turn and go, Oh God, I need you. And they turn back to the only God who forgives. Amen? Amen. 
and now they get restored into fellowship, I think the angels rejoice just as much over that too because that's a dangerous place to be. And so I wanted to ask you, if all of heaven is rejoicing, if all of heaven has joy over the work of salvation and the work of forgiveness, and by the way, did you know that Peter said that the angels longed to look into this issue of how, how did you, how did you, how did I become to get the adoption of sons and daughters of God? They longed to understand this issue, and that to me is one of the proofs why the angels are not called sons of God. A lot of people get really weird about angels being the sons of God. I'm just telling you there's no way. And the reason why there's no way is because the inheritance we have received is greater than what any angel has ever received. Okay? Friends, that you should be called a son and a daughter of God is the miracle of Jesus' incarnation and his sacrifice for you and me. Jesus did not die for the angels. He died for you and for me. Can you say amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work hard today to try to bring a little bit of joy because you know what? God wants you to have an abundant joy. All right. Romans 14, 17. We often take the whole verse together, but you know, the individual parts are also true. And so let me just skip over the, the middle part and just take the, the first and the last part of that verse. And it says the kingdom of God is joy. Can you say amen? amen? Yes, it's the other things too, but it's joy. And where is it joy? In the Holy Ghost. Friends, the Holy Ghost is your key to joy. Friends, you're never going to get it in your flesh. Okay? You're never going to get it in, in entertainment. You're never going to get it in, in, in you know, a, a, a wonderful meal. Okay, not the lasting joy. You can have temporary joy. Okay, you can have temporary joy with, with friends and fellowship and all that. Okay. But friends, the, the, the joy that comes from heaven, the joy that comes from God, this, okay, God, God, is, it's in his kingdom. And there's a root that, that we'll come back to in that. And remember what his kingdom is, okay? So, so that describes the fruit of the kingdom. The fruit of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy, okay? Which, which to me tells you that if you, if you want to strengthen your joy, that you should strengthen your peace. You should work on getting peace in your home and in your heart toward God. And, and, if, and if you want peace, you've got to have righteousness. You can't be out of, out of sync with what, what God's command is. You can't be deliberately disobeying what he says and expect to have peace. And so you, you're not going to have joy. Okay? You may have it for a moment. I, I, God is gracious. He will give you joy. But the problem is your unrighteousness, my unrighteousness, it causes it just to be stolen and, and whoosh, it's gone. And friends, I want the good, the good gifts that God has given to last, yes. to endure, okay? Yes. And so that's why I want to hold on to them. Okay. So go with me to Zephaniah 3.17. This, we, we sing this song. This is actually a song sometimes that people sing. It's, it's, but this is deep. You know, Zephaniah, like, who's Zephaniah? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, you know? I, I, sometimes I think, you know, it, we, we may think the same thing of us. Well, who am I? But friends, the revelation that God can give you can set people free. And I hope you hear what Zephaniah says today. Uh, we're in the, the, the last chapter of Zephaniah. There's only three chapters. Um, and we're like four verses from the end. And he says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee. And you stop right there. The Lord thy God where? In the midst of thee. In the midst of thee. Can I, I, I'm going I'm to escape from the, the TV or the camera for a moment. Okay. 
This is what we would consider the midst of us, right? So Amen? Yeah. I'm gonna, that's, good. that's why I like sitting here. Yeah. Because the, Jesus said that in the midst of the brethren or in the midst of the congregation, he'd be, you know, praising God. Um, now, yeah, I know that's just funny. That's okay. so good. No, but, but that, and don't get locked into the physical. Get, realize that he's in our midst. When we gather to praise him, he's here. Yeah. Yeah. When, when we're here uh, praying, he's here. Friends, that's one of the things that, I, just a little quick thing, and please help me not to get it off on a rabbit trail, but uh, one of the things that makes the house of God holy is not that we call it, you know, something special, but that when we gather in his name, he is there. He's the only thing that makes things holy. Can you say amen? amen? I'm not holy on my own. Never will be. Never. <laughs> only by the gift of God and his constant work on me and his presence of the Holy Spirit is there a form and, and a growing holiness. Amen? <clears throat> um, okay. So, the, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. Hallelujah. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Now, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Let's read that last part again. After it says he will save, if he saved you today, can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Okay. If he hasn't saved you today, okay, then say I hope so soon. Okay. Um, you can just realize if you turn your heart over to the Lord Jesus Christ today, there will be, there will be shouting and praising and joying of all the angels because of your decision today. That's what's so amazing. Okay. Don't think God takes idly, you know, your choice to say, yes, I want, I want salvation. I don't want to live this joyless life I have, okay? He will, he will rejoice over thee with joy. What's he going to rejoice over you with? Joy. So when God, when the Lord is in your midst, first, his first work he wants to do is to save you. And if you're already saved, what's the next work he wants to do? He wants to rejoice over you with joy. My question is, and I hope you know that joy is infectious, friends. It's infectious. It's like laughter. It's hard to be all bummed out around people that just have joy or that have laughter. Because it's, the only two choices are is either to get angry or three choices. One is to get angry, to go, ah, I hate that. Okay? And be a, a humbug, whatever. Okay? Um, the other approach is, is to join in, which is what God wants. Okay? Or the second is to go, is to hunger for it. Okay? That was my response. When I saw people with joy in my, early on as a Christian, I went, oh, God, I need that. And, and I always felt like God saying, you do. You do, Charles. Okay? And I had to, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to seek. Uh, sometimes there's blockages not in God. God doesn't have any. You know, his is the stream of, of grace, the stream of mercy. But it's, it's us that put blocks up, yes, that we put God, uh, hold him off. Notice, he will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. And my question is, is, if he's in your midst, if he's in our midst right now, friends, what's this verse telling me he's doing? He's rejoicing over me and you, and he's actually joying in singing over us. And that was my big question for today. Are you hearing? Are you hearing the joy in heaven toward you? Are you hearing it? Are you listening for it? Are you... Uh, are, you, is your, are your ears open enough to say, God, I know that you delight in me. 
Not because I'm perfect, not because I've done everything you said, but because I'm yours, that you delight in me. I'm hearing the, what, what we're going to get to right now is what David says, the joyful sound. Let's go there. Psalm 89, 15. Psalm 89, 15. Uh, this is um, not, not a, a psalm of David. It's actually a, a, of uh, Ethan, the Ezraite, okay? but one of the ones that was appointed by David, and I believe he had his, David's heart. And, uh, here, notice in, uh, let's start in verse 14 so you can see this. Psalm 89, verse 14, Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Whoa. Now, that's, a, that's, a, that, that's what I call, to me, that's a five-star promise. Oh, Lord, I want to walk in the light of your count, countenance. I want God's face to shine on me so that I know what he wants, that I know what he's thinking, that I know his, his, both his pleasure and his displeasure. Because, friends, it's the flesh and it's this world and it's our selfish desires that keep us from the things of God and from where he is and what he wants. Friends, Jesus said, I only do those things I see the Father doing. He delighted to do his Father's will. That's one of the things he joyed in, one of the things we need to recapture, the joy of doing God's will. Friends, we all know that sometimes doing God's will is a sacrifice. But even in the sacrifices, even in the greatest sacrifice of all, of giving up one's life, and not just giving up one's life because one's dying of old age or, or because one's time has come, but dying through suffering, dying through being punished and, and whipped and beaten and treated cruelly by evil men. It says of that that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, endured. Friends, we need a joy that is otherworldly, that is heavenly, a joy that we realize... I'm pleasing my Father. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Amen. It doesn't. Hallelujah. Amen. Friends, there are times I can tell you, and I, ho I hope there are more and more in my life. I hope there are more and more in your life. There are times when I did what was right in the sight of God, and all men hated me. I got... <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There's joy. I really, right there, there's this, God just planted some joy right in my heart. And, and I didn't make that up honest. Why? Because I survived. I didn't die. I could have died. But okay, I didn't die. And the fact that, that what I did was pleasing to him. And it didn't matter whether everybody else wanted to throw sticks or stones and say, you're not doing what we're telling you to do. Blah, 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 blah. I knew my heavenly father smiled. Friends, it doesn't matter See, when you get to a place like that, it doesn't matter what you lose anymore because you've already gained the most important thing in eternity, which is the smile, the pleasure, the delight of your father because he says, that's my child. They're doing what I want. And friends, that was Jesus' whole life. Can you imagine going from delighting the father to delighting the father? Friends, my greatest grief in life is when I know that I have disappointed my Heavenly Father. When I go, God, that, that is not, you told me not to do that, okay? And this isn't the first time, it's the second, it's the third, whatever, okay? 
just know that delighting the Father, it's like, see, it, it's, we say, out of Nehemiah, that the joy of the Lord is what? It's your strength. My question is, the strength for what? And to me, it's the strength to go on living victoriously for your Father. Friends, without joy, you're, be, you're gonna get beaten down. I can tell you that. I've been there. I, I'm, a, I, I'm what I call a plotter. A P-L-O-D-D-E-R. I plod. You know, just keep going. Just keep going. And God is... I, I remember one time when, when uh, God said, I want you to stay at this job. And I, man, I hated this job. And I had good reason to hate it from my perspective, okay? I mean, and there were some things that were genuinely bad. Some things that I could have sued people for, okay? Um, I literally, I kid you not, I literally was grabbed by my hair by a supervisor at one point and, you know, shaking around. That's a little inappropriate, okay? Hope you know. And, and you know, I, and I, and anyway, I could go on and on talking about the bad things. But, but I thought I was doing pretty good because I, I stayed where God told me to stay. I didn't like it there. I didn't, I uh, wasn't being treated nicely there. Um, I kept my mouth shut. Um, and one day in the hall, I, I'm saying, God, is it, can I go now? Because I've been doing this for, you know, two years. And, 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 you know, that's an eternity for you and me, right? For God, God says, what's two years, right? Um, but here I am, uh, and, I, and I'm walking down the hall. I'll never forget this moment. And I said, God, can I go now? I've done what you've asked. And he said, you've done what I asked? Do, do you think I've called you to be a sourpuss Christian? Is that, was that my call? You haven't done this with joy in your heart. You're just enduring until you can learn how to what? I have learned, Paul, and of course the scripture came, I have learned how to be content in any and every situation. He said, Jesus, uh, Charles, are you content in this situation? Oh, man. You know, sometimes the good news that God brings feels like bad news because we think, oh, I wanted it just to be over, God. And somehow, I lost track of the fact that we're supposed to delight ourselves in the Lord. Yes. Now, I'm just telling you, that is really easy to do. It's really easy to forget that lesson. Um, so, here, the psalmist is telling us, blesses the people that know the joyful sound. And that's my question to you, is do you know the joyful sound? That means there's a sound that is joyful that we need to know. And I don't think it comes from this earth. <laughs> I don't think it, it, as much as I appreciate getting encouragement from other brethren, it's wonderful, I love it. Um, it's never enough, let's be honest. It's never enough to cover all, everything because God won't let it be enough, number one. And number two, because nobody knows you like your father knows you. He's always gonna, he's, uh, you know, one of the things I used to, I used to, uh, I, I talk to God a lot about a lot of things that I don't like sometimes. And you know what, he doesn't mind. He minds sometimes that I get stuck there sometimes, but he keeps saying, oh, let's go, let's go. One of the things I used to complain about over and over again is I would notice, I, I, I would notice that, that people would get really helped by other brethren. I mean, not, not in the physical sense, but in the, in the emotional sense, that, in, in, that they would really be comforted by the things that said, the, the people, that their brethren would say to them. And I, I guess it was my problem, but many times... I would be in a situation and, and a brother or sister would come and try to encourage me. And the very thing they said discouraged me even more. And I'd say, God, why is that? It's not fair. 
And anytime you say it's not fair with God, it's usually not a good path to go down. Because friends, he's not playing for the, he's not playing for, for the, the little candies that fall down to the floor or, or that, you know, I don't know how to best explain it, but, or, or the, the pennies that people drop along the way. He's not playing for that stuff. He's playing for eternity. He's playing to win the whole thing. Meaning, he doesn't just want a part of you. That has never been his plan. He wants every bit of you to be filled, the Bible says, with all the fullness of God. Oh, my, oh, my. To be filled with, with the knowledge of, of, of the Lord. To know him, to become like his son. Whew. So, blessed the people that know the joyful sound. Um, and so, uh, to finish off that story... One of the things that God brought, again, conviction, he said, you know what, Charles? I'm doing a different thing in your life. And, and friends, when God says he's doing a different thing, you need to rejoice. Because it's for a purpose. And it, for a while, it may seem hard. So can you, can you remind me to come right back here? I've got to tell one more story. So right there about the story of, of why weren't other people, why didn't I get encouragement from other brethren? My dad... Many of you never knew him. His name is Herbert von Hammerstein. He was a big-time tennis player. He, he got this whole valley into tennis and um, did a lot of things. A lot of people that I meet sometimes, even to this day, come and say, I knew your dad. Um, he ran tennis tournaments, did all kinds of things, um, and taught a lot of youth um, tennis. Of course, I was one of the ones, who, the happy ones, who got to be taught also. But, you know, it was always different with me. And I remember one time watching him teach some other kids and then watching him teach me and, and say dad why are you so hard on me why why can't you teach me like you teach them and he said a profound thing that I didn't like at the time but it's taken years to understand well okay yes God works the same way and he said because when I tell them if they don't want to do it hey I'm getting paid it does they can do whatever they want but you you're my son I don't like that answer. <laughs> For a long time, I don't like that answer. But it implied something. It implied that he had a greater investment in me than in anyone else. And friends, our Heavenly Father has invested his son in you. That's why he's not, he doesn't want to win a couple innings and lose the game with you. He wants to win the game with you. He wants you to go all the way with the Lord and to completely fulfill his plan and purpose in your life. Why? For many reasons. One, because he loves you. Two, because, man, he's just, he, he, he's good. And, and one of the other reasons is because he wants to have boast over the enemy. Yes. To say, you incited me to, to, to all continually telling me of all their sins all the time, always trying to condemn them. But look, you had the opportunity to serve me, devil, in, in, in perfection and in beauty and in holiness. You turned away because you thought you knew better. And look, and, and, and look at my child here. Look what they went through. Look at the sufferings, the lack, sometimes the pain, the hurts, and they never turned their back on me. They never walked, they never got angry and said they knew better. They knew that I had a plan and a purpose. And that's why love is going to conquer all one day, friends. I know in this earth, it doesn't seem like it. But one day, love is going to conquer everything because love is the greatest. 
So, Psalm 51, verse 8. But remember, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. And if they do, what are they going to do? They're going to walk in the light of God's countenance. When you get to know the joyful sound from heaven, and, and, and we haven't identified what that sound is, but we're going to, you'll begin to walk in the light of God's countenance. Man, I, I want to walk in, in before his face and to know what he thinks. This is why, uh, go with me to Psalm 51, verse 8. Psalm 51, verse 8. This is why, one of the reasons why I believe that David said, make me to hear joy and gladness. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Do you know that God has to make you hear? Oh, I wish I just wanted to hear, but sometimes God has to say, Charles, sit down and listen. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Listen to, to the, the beat of my heart. Friends, that's why we love John. That's why we love his writings. Because somehow he figured out the best place to be was leaning on Jesus' bosom. Can you say Amen. Oh, man, we want to run here and there sometimes. Oh, God, if I just try a little harder, if I just fast a little more, if I pray longer. And God says, just rest and learn to hear the joyful sound. In John 3, 29, John says the friend of the bride, that he was the friend of the bridegroom, which stands and hears him. And he rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Friends, I, I, that's what I want to propose to you that I believe is a joyful sound. It's God's voice. Friends, I'm going to tell you a little story about uh, one of the things that happened uh, to me at one time. I think I've already told you the story, but it's worth hearing again. This was before I was saved. It was shortly before I was saved. I was going... Um, wasn't really interested in, in uh, the Lord at this time, but I, I was at UC Davis. I, I remember the exact place where it happened. And, and here I was. I was uh, uh, getting on my bicycle, and I was trying to get early to a test because I didn't want to be late. It was finals week. And there was nobody around because everybody else was, was either in the dorm or at, a, at an exam. But because I had gone early, I was the only one. And I'm un- unlocking my bicycle. And I kid you not, I heard a voice. It, it wasn't, as people say, I've, I've heard the voice that's inside, yes. But this was not that. This was a voice outside that I heard with my ears. And, and the voice said, Charles. And I looked around. I, I, I kid you not. I looked around to see who was talking. And there was no one. It must have looked funny if somebody was looking up at the dorm floor. What, what the heck? Why is he looking around? I'm looking around. And then I heard the voice again say, Charles. And then the voice said, if you ever want to hear my voice again, you must forgive your father. Friends, there's something about when you hear the voice of God, I'm going to tell you, long for it. Because when you really hear the voice of God, you'll drop anything for that voice. Friends, I was immediately put into like the fire because the one thing I had promised in my life because of certain things that had happened, which you don't need to know, but I had vowed in my life as a teenager that I was never going to forgive my dad. God knew exactly what he was putting his finger on. Friends, God knows you better than anyone. No, you know, people would say, well, you know, somebody was talking, nobody would have even known that was the issue. But for me, that was the issue. And now there was a struggle. Friends, I hope that we don't lose track 
of the joyful sound of God's voice. Friends, I don't, I, I hope that you've heard his voice speaking through his word where he's quickened the verse and you go, oh, oh, oh my, he's talking to me, right? I hope you've heard the time when, when you, you're, I've had conversations with people about just nothing, maybe natural issues, and all of a sudden, an unsaved person says something, and God says, did you hear that? Oh, oh, okay, and, and God applies it to my life, even though they don't even know what they said. If I, if I ask them, why did you say that? They'll say, blah, 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 and it had nothing to do. Did you know? No. So God, sometimes he takes things and he applies them to your life. God did this with the prophets many times. They'd be looking at something, and, and what would God say? What did you see? What did you see? And they'd say their part, and he goes, no, no, let me tell you what you really saw. Or sometimes he'd say, good, good, you did see. Okay. So the joyful sound. We, we need to know God's voice in this day and hour. Okay? Yes. We need to know what he's, how he sees, how he feels, what's important to him, what's not important to him. I, I, wouldn't it be great if God could just tap us on the shoulder and say, you know, son, let it go. Let it go. That's just not what I'm, I'm about. That's not what, I, what, what makes my heart beat fast. That is unimportant to me. Let that issue go. Friends, sometimes Christians get involved in all kinds of issues that you go, wow, did God really tell them to do that? You wonder, okay? Or, or are they just being propelled on their own desire? And friends, this is why we need to learn to hear uh, God's voice. Okay, let's go uh, to John 15. I told you, uh, I was going to tell you that yes, Jesus really did come to bring us joy. And in John, he tells the disciples very plainly. John 15, verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy, whose joy? Yes, Jesus' joy or my joy might remain in you. What does God want it to do? To remain, to continue, to abide, to go on and on, amen, in you. And, and you might have, yeah, a little joy, right? Well, that's not what it says. And your joy might be, full. I didn't hear you. Full. Half full? Full. God wants your, my joy, if we're disciples, if we're trying to follow him, he wants our joy to be Full. You guys need help. Oh, man, you need help. I'm looking. Where's all the joy? Okay, now, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm harassing you now, okay? I know many of you do have joy. But I, I have to be honest. I don't think any of us has the joy that Jesus had. Man, the things he rejoiced in sometimes. But I want to challenge you because time's running out <laughs> for today. And I want to challenge you. Who has the most joy Today, and I don't think we can name a single person, but I think we can name a kind of a person. When you think of joy, what, what situation in life exhibits the most joy? And I would say the second most, so you don't say this one, would be marriage, the joy of a marriage. But I think there's one that beats that one out. Say it? Yes, there's something, and I'm going I'm to give the extreme example. That's absolutely right, childlikeness. Let's give the extreme example, a baby. You know, one of the reasons why we like babies? No, seriously, one of the reasons we like babies is because they have sometimes spontaneous joy. Boom! And they just start giggling and laughing. 
And my question is, why do they have that? And why don't we have more of that? And to me, the key is love. Friends, the fruit of the Spirit is love and what? Joy. joy. Friends, you can't have joy very long without love. The baby, the infant, has, has spontaneous joy because it feels loved. It feels loved and cared for. And friends, if we felt loved and cared for more, you would have more expression of joy in your life. Now, I'm not, I don't have time today. There's some really precious scriptures that show this relationship between love and joy. And so I challenge you today, if you want to grow in joy, which is your strength, so you should, if you want to be strong to be able to get through life, to be able to, uh, you know, not, not, friends, I believe that when you have joy, you rarely sin. You know why? Because who would trade the wonderful things of God for the, the, the carnal things of this world when you're delighting in the wonderful things? You won't. It's because... We've gotten our eyes off of the awesomeness of the kingdom, the value and treasure that it is. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 13 about one of the, one of the parables? He said, the kingdom of God is like this, that a man who, when he found the, king, when he found the kingdom of God, for joy, not for, not for anything else, for what? For joy, he sold all he had. Friends, joy is a reflection of your evaluation of the things of God. And, and that's why when we don't have much joy, we got to go, oh, there's a problem, God. I'm not treasuring the things of God enough. Yes. And when you treasure the things of God enough, you'll despise the things of this world. And so joy is one of several what I call defenses or walls against temptation and sin. That's good. Yeah. Okay? Yes. And so joy is not just something, yeah, woo, let's get happy. It's about, it's about living victoriously for God. And it's the appropriate response. We should be joyful. Joy, joy to the world, what? The Lord has come. Okay? Uh, there's, I remember 400 times, or actually more than 400 times, joy and rejoicing in the scripture. It's a big thing with God. Okay, and the other verse was in 1713, uh, John 1713. And then let's try to finish. And now come I to thee, and speak these, and these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. God wants them fulfilled. Okay? Friends, Jesus went to the Father so that you could have his joy. He went to the Father so he could have your joy. And remember what Jesus said. My joy I give to you, and what? He actually even said, no man takes it from you. Now that, that's both good news and that's uh, kind of bad news. That means every time I don't have joy, it's not somebody else's fault. Ooh, ouch, it's my fault. It means that I let someone, and I know who it is, the adversary of my soul, the devil, take what was freely given to me. Freely given. We can't, we can't go through there today, but... But there's like four or five verses that God says, and I made them to have joy, and I made them to rejoice. Friends, God's, that's God's joy. One of the things that he loves doing, he loves getting his people to be joyful in him and in what he's doing. Okay? Yes. And it's us to get tired and weary and all that. And, and I do have to do this one other verse um, because I, I thought it was funny, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harass you. <laughs> we... 
Um, where was uh, Oh, I told you about Philippians 4.4. 4. Let's finish on uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.16. This is the other verse, um, one of many verses that give us a command to rejoice. So you're under a command. I'm under a command. We got to do it. But friends, what a wonderful command to fulfill. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 and 17. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. Rejoice evermore. It's one of the shorter verses in the Bible. But man, rejoice how long? Evermore, over and over, continually we might say. And notice the next verse. Pray without ceasing. I think that's the key, friends. I think the reason we stop praying is because we stop rejoicing. When you get bummed out in prayer and it becomes a labor, it's because you forgot to keep rejoicing. Friends, if you, if you get joy and rejoicing working in your life, the joy of heaven and, and hearing the joyful sound and delighting in what God's doing and getting back to the simplicity. That, I wanted to get to that today, but I don't have time. Getting back to the simplicity of a child and saying, well, God, this is so amazing what you're doing. Your prayer life's going to expand. Because you know what? When you joy and delight in your father, oh, man, you're gonna, no one can keep you from prayer now. No one can keep you from prayer. It's because we feel like God disappoints us sometimes and we get discouraged and get our eyes off and, well, God, you don't seem to be changing this, that we stop praying. So, can we pray today? Let's pray. And one of the things I want to pray for you is I want to bless you today with God's double portion of joy. Heavenly Father, yes. So let me pray a blessing, and then um, we'll see if any of you would like to be prayed over. Amen. Heavenly Father, you delight in your people. You have a plan that's way more than we understand at times. The kingdom of God is joy in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I want to ask that you impart a double portion of your joy today upon all who need it. And Lord, we all need it. Help us pursue you for joy. Help us to seek you for it. And and if it's been stolen from us, if it's been robbed of us, then Lord, we know exactly where to go back. We know all we got to do is come back to Jesus. All we need to do is come back to the Father, and you will delight in giving us your joy. If anyone wants uh, to be prayed over today, feels like you aren't hearing the joyful sound the way you'd like to, or you feel like you'd you need joy, that you just haven't had it for a long time, I ask you to come forward and just be prayed over today, that you would let the Lord just wash over you with his love. Amen? Because he'll increase his love so that you might experience his joy.